I was buried in the shadows and had pulled the glove off my right hand. My fingers crept to the liner opening in the pocket where they could slide around the butt of the cold 1911 Model 45 caliber Army Colt automatic that had six in the clip and one in the chamber. All I had to do was clear the fabric of my trench coat and thumb the hammer back. Across the street, A dingy late-night diner disgorged a pair of mildly gassed-up college kids who took a long time figuring out where they were. Taxis weren't showing, so the Broadway glow waved them to head that way, and they shoveled off, kicking up the snow ahead of their feet. I took my thumb off the hammer of the colt. Thirty feet down toward the bright lights, a door opened, and the glow of a Chinese restaurant spilled out onto the sidewalk, making a rainbow of colors from the red and green lanterns inside. The noise was muffled, but it had to be a popular place, happy with laughing sounds and even the faint rattle of dishes. The pair that stepped out were also of college age, well-dressed and sober. The girl had her blonde hair mostly stuffed under a stocking cap and wore a fur-trimmed suede coat. The boy had a western-style sheepskin coat and no hat at all. The boy was carrying a tubular brown paper-wrapped package that was three feet long or more and a good six inches thick. His hand held it at the bottom and the other one clasped it firmly to his chest. A musical instrument, maybe. If so, a precious one to this kid. I didn't know what, but something was going to happen. The needles along my spine were beginning to probe into my skin. I heard the car door open and saw from the rear of the gypsy cab a bronze-faced figure emerge in hooded navy sweats, loping across the street and falling in behind the two kids whose backs were to him. The couple disappeared down the stairs of a subway station. The hooded figure, lagging perhaps a dozen feet behind, followed them. I moved fast, but I didn't run. I might have slipped and broken my tailbone, and maybe, just maybe, I was wrong. Maybe there was a good reason for some asshole to sit in a gypsy cab for God knew how long waiting till a couple of kids left a bar with a bulky wrapped package and headed for the nearest subway station. The stairs were empty by the time I got there, but as I headed down, hand on the 45, I knew damn well I hadn't been wrong. I couldn't just feel it. I could hear it. Panic has its own sound. It hisses with a terrified breath full of wild fear. It stumbles and makes strange animal noises of knowing something deadly is right behind you. But this panic came toward me. It's panting a harsh rasp, tripping on the steel steps, creatures fleeing from a dark nightmare. Here I was trying to catch up with them when the two kids were suddenly scrambling back up at me, eyes wide but not seeing me, running jerkily my way, only their eyes directed past me toward the freedom above on the streets of New York. So close, so close. The oval-faced, blue-eyed young man was half-dragging the terrified, dark-eyed little looker behind him, his arm bent, holding her by her wrist, clutching his bulky package with his other arm. Then the girl slipped, nearly pulling the guy down with her, and he almost dropped the package, trying to hang on to her. It was only a momentary pause before they got her to her feet, and for an instant I saw the contorted, frenzied expression as she turned her head for a terrified look over her shoulder. Their pursuer was right behind them, running silently on rubber-soled shoes, 
the gun in his hand ready to pump slugs into the backs of the kids, and in two more seconds it would be done. I grinned, because I already had the forty-five out and in my fist, the hammer thumbed back. And nothing bothered me, because this was no cop after a couple of young offenders, not with that silencer on the snout of his piece. And when he paused for that fraction of a second to aim, my forty-five slug tore the rod right out of his hand. And in that fleeting moment, dread bit into him like a lightning flash that contorted his face, and he spun to get away from this sudden nightmare. But his feet didn't hold him. He tripped, made a waltzy spin, and his echoing yell was stifled when his head smashed against the metal-tipped stairs, and his body made squashy sounds in its mad tumble, the head pounding out drum notes until it split, and all was quiet. Then he was too far away, and I could barely hear the blood dripping.